Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Praise the Lord. It's so good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. MIT Andre says something so critical. One of the things that I kept hearing as he prayed, he kept declaring, Father. Somebody shout, Father. The good news is that we have a heavenly father. The Bible even declares that because of the spirit that is now within us, we can cry Abba, which means father. I don't know about y'all this morning, but there's some stuff. I want y'all to hear me. There's some stuff that man can't do. There's some things that your pastor can't do. There's some things that your mother can't do. But the Lord now says you have the ability to call me Abba, father. I don't know about you, but if we can we just stand to our feet? I want us to make this personal. I don't know what you're needing God to do, but begin to declare him, declare to him how much you love him. Come on, everybody in this house with the fruit of your lips, begin to tell him how much you love him. We bless your name. God, we thank you, God, for the simple ability, God, that we get to call you Abba Father. Thank you, God, that your word declares even when our mothers and our fathers forsake us. Your word declares, God, that you'll be there. Somebody's in a place where they think they're alone, but God says, your father is here. And for God, that we say thank you. We can call you Abba, Father. In every heart that believes, give God a hand clap of praise. I want us to stand to our feet quickly. I see we have some visitors. I so good to see visitors in the house of the Lord and some familiar faces as well. I pray that the Lord says something to you today that may shift your life in a greater direction. I want us to go to 1 Samuel chapter 18. If you have your Bibles, I want us to take up our Bibles, even if it's on your phone. I know we have it on our screen, but I love when we can see it in the text for ourselves because y'all know technology messes up, right? So I want to make sure that we can see the text ourselves. 1 Samuel chapter 18, I want, to, want us to look at verses 1 through 4. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says, now when he had finished speaking to Saul, somebody say David. The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. I want to read verse number one again. Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to speak from this subject this morning. Godly relationships for God's men. Godly relationships 
for God's men and women. I'm not going to leave y'all out this morning, so don't get nervous. The Lord told the children of Israel in Ezekiel 36 and 26 that he would give us new hearts. He says that it was critical that he give us new hearts. And he reveals the reason why he desires to give us new hearts in verse 27 of Ezekiel 36. He says, because you walk to cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. In other words, our intimacy with the Lord and our interaction with the Lord is determined by what indwells in our hearts. I need y'all to stay with me. The only way that I can have a level of intimacy with God, the only way that I can interact with God in a way that he is pleased is determined by what indwells in my heart. Tell your neighbor what's in my heart. Uh, and, and watch this even more John 4 and 7 reminds us that God is love and, and this means that in order to love God it requires a heart like God so many of us can declare that we love God but if we don't have a heart like God we can never love God and this is why men somebody say everybody, everybody. must pursue hearts after God's own heart if I'm going to declare as a believer that I love God, if I'm going to love God's people like God loves them, I've got to have his heart. Our ability to love God and live for God requires that we have the heart of God. And herein lies the reason why God rejects many, much of what we do in his name. Because our hearts do not reflect his name. Did y'all hear what I just said? That means churches can do things in his name and God still not be pleased. That means we can do exploits for God in his name and God still not be pleased. He's looking. This is why the Bible says that men look on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So whenever we do something for God, God is not looking at the outward appearance of what we've done first. He's first looking in our hearts. Somebody say, I need a heart like God. And many of us watch this. We get so caught up in asking what we can do for God without asking God to do something in our hearts. So we should never ask God to put me on post, to put me on assignment without first doing something in my heart. Tell your neighbor, I need God to do something in my heart. And watch this. This is why prophet, the prophet Jeremiah reminds us with these words in Jeremiah 17, 9. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That means our hearts are birthed in deceit and with deceit and therefore every heart needs God's divine touch. I don't care you grew up um, Kojic. Your heart needs a divine touch. I don't care that you grew up in holiness. Your heart needs a divine touch. I don't care if your grandmama made you read the Bible every day. Somebody say my heart needs a divine touch. Uh, this is why Jeremiah says it's desperately wicked. And here's a word of wisdom because somebody's saying, I get all of that, Pastor Keith. This is why it's so easy for many of us to condemn folk. This is why it's so easy for many of us to cuss folk out. And this is why it's so easy, watch this, for us to cut folk off. Because we need God to touch our hearts. Because if God don't touch our hearts, we'll touch people with, and watch this, not with holy hands. It's easy for me to cuss you out unless God touch me. Tell your neighbor, I need God to touch me. Uh, this is why this morning during the month of October, we'll ask the Lord to divinely touch the heart of every man. 
connected to the way church and anybody that's watching you may not even be a part of the way church but if you're watching I need God to touch your heart uh, and watch this we've got to ask God to give us hearts like his so over the course of these next few weeks we'll examine men who reverence men of repentance and men of righteousness and this morning I want to examine godly relationships for God's men and I just want the women just to say this Say this pertains, to me too. this pertains to me too. Every woman needs to be a woman who reverence. Every woman needs to be a woman who operates in repentance. Every woman needs to be a woman of righteousness. And watch this. This is going to really help some of y'all women today. All right. Every woman needs a woman who has godly relationships. All right. So, so somebody say this sermon for me too. So, so notice this, and if this is God's heart and his desire, therefore it should be our desire as well. When God says, I'll give you the desires of your heart, this is why he says, I've got to place a new heart in you. So that you might have the same very desires that I have for your life, for your own self. So if God says, I desire all of this stuff of you, somebody say, it should be my desire too. And I need us to understand, somebody may be saying, why are godly relationships for everybody so significant? Because relationships will determine your character. I think I'll put that on there. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33 says, um, don't be deceived, but bad company corrupts good character. So I need to know that these relationships, watch this, can determine my character. Relationships can promote carnality. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 14 um, talks about what fellowship does light have with darkness? So if I, if I hook up with the wrong folk, darkness will creep into my life. So, so it's gonna promote carnality. And watch this, and, and relationships will ruin your condition. Oh, you just gotta read Psalm chapter one, and it says that we shouldn't sit in the seat of the scornful. Oh, no, walk in the way of the wicked. Right, it will mess up my condition. And watch this. It says the man who does, who does not do those things are blessed. So in the direct opposition of that, it means that I'm not blessed. Who tell your neighbor, I can't afford to mess up my condition. So, and it's all, watch this. Look at this. It's not your relationship with God. It's your relationship with folk. Did y'all hear that? Many of us think because we go to church that we all good, but it determines matter by what kind of relationships we have in the earth. God says all of this a mess your behind up. Uh, our relationships will cost us too much if our relationships, watch this, are not godly. So the critical question we got to ask ourselves is, what do godly relationships entail? I ain't talking about the one you go to church with. I ain't talking about the one that you sit next to. I'm not talking about the one you go to lunch with. What should a godly relationship for God's men, and I'm talking about everybody, reflect? I believe we find the answers to these questions in our foundational text. And I'll watch this. Although anybody that knows David, David was God's anointed. And God still appointed a godly relationship for his life in the person of Jonathan. He said that I'm going to cause the Savior to come through your lineage. But he, even though David was anointed by God, he says, to fulfill what I need in your life, I need to connect you with the right relationships. Watch this. I, and I love him. I love him dearly. And many of y'all probably see me up here and think that, that, that Pastor Keith is just, man, he got, he's so gifted and anointed. Watch this. If it was not for Serena. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody say relationship. relationship. 
if it was not for Pastor Cole, somebody say relationships. If it was not for my brother-in-law, somebody say relationships. Uh, so we got to know that whenever you see a man or a woman of God in a place of their um, divine destiny, somebody say they were connected to a divine relationship. Relationships matter. All because of this godly relationship. Watch this. God's, David's faithfulness in God increased. David's fruit in God increased. And David's fulfillment in God increased. All because of one relationship. And in like manner, I believe the men of God's faithfulness, fruit, and fulfillment in God will be increased if we can find ourselves in godly relationships. I need y'all to say this again because I don't want y'all to get lost. Say that's all of us. So here's what I want to do. I want to examine our text so we can understand what a reflection of a godly relationship really is. Let's look at verse 1b. The Bible says that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. The the degree to which you can bear all in a relationship will determine the degree in which you can benefit from that relationship. Did y'all hear what I just said? The degree where I can bear all in a relationship will determine how much I can benefit. I I need y'all to stay with me on this. In other words, surface relationships are not of the heart of the Savior. Tell your neighbor, I don't need surface relationships. If you're going to be in relationship with me, you've got to reveal some stuff. And many of us are in relationship with folk that we know nothing about. Oh, somebody say that's dangerous. I don't want to be sitting next to you and I did not know you was a pedophile. I need to know some stuff about you. And we going out, hanging out with folk and we got surface relationships. Uh, And here lies the reason why many men and even people don't get the optimal benefit from the relationships they have because their relationships are not open. Somebody say they remain surface. That means if all we talk about is sports, that relationship ain't benefiting me. If 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 I can never talk about my struggle, that relationship is not benefiting me. Watch this. If I can't reveal to you what my sin is so that you can pray for it, that relationship is not benefiting me. We've got to assess the relationships that we have. I don't know about anybody else, but I need brothers that benefit me. If I'm going to be in a relationship with I need it to benefit me. This is why uh, communion is God's desire for the relationship, somebody say, of everybody. So we need relationships that have a level of communion. Somebody say intimacy. Oh, intimacy. Consider what our foundational text says concerning Jonathan and David. The Bible says that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And this word soul in our text is the Hebrew word nefesh, which means passions, desires, and emotions. It's the things we keep secret and the things that we only like to reflect on in solitude. Somebody say the stuff that nobody else knows. Watch this. Yet the Bible reveals that the relationship of David and Jonathan was so open that they were able to bear, B-A-R-E, reveal, in other words, so that they could bear one another's passions, desires, and emotions. Uh, In other words, this means men should be able to share their hardships with another man. If you don't have a relationship that you can share the hardships with another man, tell your neighbor that, that that relationship is not of God. I need some relationships that I can share my heartaches with another man. Somebody say heartaches. 
And watch this. I need to have relationships where I can share my hopes with another man. We get so defensive that we don't want to share our hopes with somebody else because we think that they out to get us. Why would I eat with you? Why would I pick up the phone for you? Why would I send you over a chicken dinner when you sick and shut in if I can't share my hopes with you? One of the things that I love about Pastor Cole is not only can I share my hopes, but I can share my heartaches with him. We've got to assess the relationships that we're in. And we've got to say, can I really open up to the degree where I can share my hardships with them? I don't need to be coming over your house if I can't do that. One of the reasons why I love going over to Miss Alvera house, because we ain't just going to eat something, but she's going to share something. And we we have to be that open if we want that relationship to benefit us. Oh, y'all got to stay with me. And I I ain't going to go there. I ain't going to go there. Watch this. Here's a word of wisdom. The only reason we share our hardships, our hopes, and our heartaches with another is because we receive help when we share them in godly relationships. The reason I share that stuff is because I'm looking for my help. I'm not sharing for you to gossip. I need my help. Tell your neighbor, I need my help. And watch what the Bible says. I believe we have it on our screen. Notice what, oh no, no, go back to that. It says, um, Galatians 6 and 2 says that we should um, bear one another's burdens. And in that way, we fulfill the law of Christ. So in other words, this means a good litmus test of a godly relationship is what happens when you share what's in your soul. Do folk get quiet on the phone when you share what's in your soul? Do you receive more hurt? Girl, I'm going to pray for you. But then the evangelist knows about it that I did not tell. And she's not praying. Somebody say she's gossiping. I need it. So here's a good litmus. Some of y'all folk, y'all dealing with folk that don't receive more hurt than you do help. This is why y'all got to be discerning too about who you get in relationship with. I'm talking about every kind of relationship. I'm talking about friendly relationship. I'm talking about if I'm going to be in relationship with Serena and I can't share that kind of stuff and receive more help, somebody say run. Run. That's the wrong relationship to be in. Because just as David and Jonathan were knitted in in their souls together in like manner, marital relationships are in the same manner. I would tell my wife, you need to get up and run for me if every time you open up, you receive more hurt. One of the reasons why my wife knows, and this is vice versa, that knows that this is a God-ordained relationship for her because there was a situation, and she shares her testimony very quite often, that she dealt with childhood sexual abuse. And it was difficult for her to open up. But she said because of, and not just my, just somebody say, not just because of Pastor Key. These were multiple relationships, but she understood understood that she received the level of healing because she shared her heartache with me. Somebody say, I should be healed when I share. And watch this. Herein lies a sad reality for many believers, and not just men. We have relationships where we cover up our soul rather than confess what's in our soul. We try to put our best face forward. I don't want nobody to know about that. I don't know how they're going to feel about me if I shut up. I can give them a little bit of this because this is the good part of me. 
but I don't want that. And how many of us, we walk around with stuff that we can be set free from, but we denied sharing what we could to, with somebody who was the access. Somebody say, to my help. Some of us are in bondage for the only fact that we will not share. God says, watch this, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So if I know that my steps are ordered by the Lord and along this earthly journey, he's connecting me with people. He's bringing people into my life. I've got to say, God, if you're going to bring them, there's something on their life that's going to cause me to be set free. And many of us are walking in bondage because we don't want to share. Tell somebody, open up your mouth. We cover up what we're going through. We cover up um, that we're doing bad. And we cover up that we're feeling down. And therefore negating the relationships that were designed for our communion. Listen, I don't want nobody to get mad at me. And I'm going to teach on this in one of the classes um, in, in new members. But I can only shepherd you to the degree that you reveal your soul to me. The Bible says that there's there's people who need to give an account to God uh, 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 in regards to your soul. But if I don't know what's in your soul, if I don't know what's going on with your soul, you leave me in limbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I need. So we've got to be we got to understand that if I'm going through and God is connecting me with a church family. All right. Somebody say, put your pride down. I got to a place in my life. Well, I said, I got to put my pride down because I don't want to be found in bondage and God is connecting me with people who can produce my healing. Somebody say, that's a sad tragedy. It's communion, communion. Notice what James 5.16 says. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. My healing is not dependent upon how well I cover up, but somebody say how well I confess. Because your ability to receive help for your soul is determined by the degree which you reveal what's in your soul. See, we don't like that, y'all. Y'all can post all kind of stuff on social media, but nobody want to post what's in their soul. And I'm not saying, and this is where people get themselves in trouble because they release what's in their soul to the public. But God said, never release what's in your soul to the public. There's a person, a sign for you to release your soul to. And God says, I've ordained it. Jonathan was set up for David. Tell your neighbor, somebody's been set up for me. So here's what we got. to We've got to pray and ask God to begin to reveal those relationships that have been set up for my soul. Amen. So here's the first thing I need us to know that all men and everybody, somebody say everybody. God's desire is that communion is birthed out of these godly relationships. Now let's look at verse 1C. The Bible says Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Here's what I need us to understand. Confession void of compassion is not godly and many times will end up as gossip. If I'm going to confess, I need compassion to follow. And here's one of the reasons why many of us have start, kept stuff in, inside and don't want to do folk no more, don't want to do church folk, don't want to do pastors, don't want to tell nobody my business is because we confess and compassion did not follow. And what did follow was not godly, but it was gossip. How did the church mother find out that I had a baby out of wedlock? Somebody say gossip. How, how, how 
about this one on the pew know about what's going on in my marriage. Somebody say gossip. And church folk are notorious for not, watch this, connecting compassion to confession. Somebody say church folk. Somebody say not this church. Ah, So if men are going to confess their souls, then men need relationships that will respond in compassion. That means don't celebrate my sin, but have compassion on my sin. Don't condemn me in my struggles, but have compassion on my struggles. And watch this. Don't even covet my successes. Have compassion upon my successes. Many people, we, we, we like to think about just the negative stuff. But we can open up our soul and share our successes. And then watch this. Jealousy is birth. Because if I'm not quick to release compassion, somebody say something ungodly will follow. Folk, folk get jealous, y'all. In other words, we need relationships with men who will respond to the details of their lives with love. When I'm going to release something to you, I need you to respond to all these intricate details of my life with love. I tell a lot of folk that, that, that I counsel, I'm not going to look down on you. I'm not, because watch this, he saved a wretch like me. When you know that you're a wretch and you've been saved, you can't look down on nobody. When you know that your righteousness is that filthy rags, you can't look down on nobody. But we got people in the pulpit that think they're more holier than thou. Know my righteousness, somebody say, is filthy rags. And listen, for the women, y'all will know what this means. Filthy rags is that time of the month. Biblical days, that means it was that time of the month. So God attributes my righteousness. Somebody say to that time of the month. Somebody say that's nasty. I ain't calling y'all nasty, but y'all know what I'm saying. The The rag is nasty. The rag, the rag. So watch this. So even as we try, watch this, y'all stay with me. Even as we try to be godly relationships for other people, we must always ask ourselves, how would God respond? Did I put those questions up there? Yeah, how would God respond? Y'all know we like to say, what would Jesus do? How would God respond to their sin, to their struggle, or even to their success? If you don't know how to respond, ask yourself, how would God respond? Ooh, Lord, I didn't know you was dealing in a threesome. God, how would you respond? Because how I'm going to respond might not be like God. So I got to ask, how, how would you respond? And watch this. If you can't answer that question, you can just reflect on 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through um, 8a. Notice what the Bible says. Love suffers long and is kind. If you can't be kind, shut your mouth. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. You know you got folk in relationship with you that are always looking what they can benefit from out out of you. Listen, it's not provoked. It thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Who thinks no evil? My wife, there was, I had a conversation with a young man that I thought we was really cool. And then he said he found himself getting jealous of me. My wife said, you need to run. If anybody, they don't think no evil. I can't be in relationship with folk like that. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures. Watch this. Somebody say all things. All 
Love never fails. See, y'all don't like that. Y'all, y'all want to leave your man because he snore. All things. Right, watch this. Because if people are going to do life with you, then they need to love you like this. Listen, it don't make, don't hear me and hear me good. Don't be, don't be hugged up with folk that can't love you with kindness. Don't, don't, don't be hugged up with folk that are going to treat you rudely. Don't, don't be hugged up with folk that always is so subtle, but they make it seem like they're better than me. They, they puff themselves up. I don't want to be in a relationship with my wife and enduring that kind of treatment. And how many of us, because, oh, God was, they said the Savior was persecuted, so I should remain in this relationship. Somebody say the devil is a lie. Oh, you can't be in a relationship with me like that. Listen, I need you to have a level of compassion upon me. Oh, that means we need to start assessing the relationships that we have in our lives. We've got to ask ourselves. Do they encourage you or do they envy you? That's why my wife told me to run. Do they support you or do they only seek their own from you? I get folk that only inbox me when they need something. You know what I stop doing? I stop answering their inboxes. I ain't going to check it. I ain't going to look at it because I know you've made a habit of only reaching out to me when you need something. You, you gotta, y'all got to start. And we know folk like that. That get on the phone with us, they don't never ask us how we doing. Don't never ask how you, how you been doing, what can I pray for you about. They always got an issue that they want to vent. And somebody say it's all about, all about them. And we in relationship with them kind of folk. Watch this. Do, do, do they bear your burdens, burdens or do they boast of themselves around you? Oh man, we got to start assessing it. I don't want people close in my life that can't love me like Christ. And watch what I said, like Christ. I ain't say I'm Christ because sometimes I'm going to mess up. But at least you're trying to love me like Christ. You, you can't be that close. Stay right there. I see you. Stay right there. Have compassion on me. And this is why our foundational text speaks of Jonathan's love for David in this manner. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. In other words, Jonathan had compassion on David as he would for himself. He loved David just as he loved himself. So the critical question you got to ask yourself is, do you love your brother as you love yourself? That should be our continual pursuit. That I love Serena as I love myself. That I love Miss Alvera as I love myself. That I love Pastor Cole as I love myself. I try to say this um, very often when I talk to a lot of y'all. I say I'm here to help. Because the same help that I would desire for myself, yeah. I want it for you. Yeah. And many people say it, but don't mean it. Yeah. All right? And this is why I don't hear from some of y'all to wait to what y'all deep in a ditch. Okay. Because none of y'all believe what I said. I'm trying to love you. Somebody say, like Christ. And if we could just all do that, oh Lord, God would just bless all of us. Here's a word of wisdom. Your love for your brother is not only necessary for a godly relationship, but it reflects your love for God. Okay, so if y'all can't love one another, that's somebody say that's a problem. Notice what 1 John 4 8 declares. He, he who love, 
who does not love does not know God. That means their inability to love you just reveals their unwillingness to love God. And watch this. Here's a prerequisite for anybody to be in relationship with you that they've made it a priority to love God. We don't, we don't ask those kind of questions. We want to know what kind of job you got. I'm talking about romantic relationship. We want to know who your mama them is. No, I need to know, have you made a priority to love God? Because watch this, we can work all that other stuff out, at least if you love God. And many of us start from the other way. And now we're trying to get into marital counseling. Now we're trying to help people get us out of divorce. You should have asked them, did you make it a priority to love God? Because the prerequisite to love me is somebody say, is that you love God? Hear this, so stop wasting your time trying to work on relationships with people that are unwilling to love God. Oh, y'all don't like that. I'm not counseling folks that cry they don't love me when you already know that they did not love God. First thing, do they love God? Okay, the counseling session over. Because, Because what I'm trying to tell you is they do not have the ability to love you if they cannot love God. And many of us are wasting our time working on relationships with folk that are unwilling to love God. Oh, Jesus, help us today. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about all kind of relationships. Somebody say all kind of relationships. Some of my friendships, y'all, you wondering why they keep stabbing you in the back. They keep doing this. They keep doing They don't love God. If you do not love God, somebody say, you cannot love me. That should help a whole bunch of us, y'all. Start cutting off folk now. Now you can cut folk off when you know that. They will never have compassion on you. And this is why compassion is God's desire for the relationship, somebody say, of everybody. So hear this, and I'm almost done. I said that we need to have a level of communion, a level of compassion. Notice what verse number three says. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. Connection void of covenant can be dangerous. If I'm going to be connected with you, I've got to be in covenant with you. Somebody say it's dangerous. Somebody may be saying why? Because people will connect with you with the intent to deceive you. Y'all got to know that. People will connect with you with the intent to deprive you. Somebody say, I've got to know that. And even people will connect with you to plot your downfall. So if you're going to be connected with me, I need you to be in covenant. This is why folk get married to folk and you know ain't no... Listen, me and my wife talk about this all the time. There's some NBA player, NFL players, somebody say they ugly. They ugly and they got these IG models and know if they was a regular person, that IG model would not holler at them. So they connect with them for the very intent to deprive them. Somebody say, I got to be careful. That's why they got to get them prenuptials. Somebody say, that's not covenant. If I'm in covenant, I don't need no prenuptial. I need folk that's in covenant with me. Help us today. So so watch this. This is why Proverbs 17, 7, and I said this concerning Pastor Cole. I love him. The Bible says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Because that means, in other words, when you are in covenant with another, it requires devotion. One definition of devotion is an unwavering commitment. 
This means godly men um, need godly relationships that will remain despite their failures, that will remain despite their flaws, and that will remain despite even when they fall. Oh, that means, watch this, a brother is born to uphold us in the days that we fall. Because at some point in this earthly journey, you're going to fall. And I don't need folk that's going to run. I need folk that's going to pick me up. Because at some point, if you're walking with me that close, you're going to see some of my failures. You're going to see some of my flaws. You're going to even witness me fall. But I need folk that's in it. Somebody say for the long run. That's going to be able to pick me up. My wife loved me at probably one of the lowest points of my life. Early on in the marriage. And I was filled with so much shame. Because somebody say it was a failure. But she loved me with the mercy of God. And walked alongside me. And watch this. Walked with me as I walked through my healing. I need some folk. That's going to love me like that. Oh, Jesus. Tell your neighbor I need them kind of folk. And here's the sad reality. We have believers that have never witnessed our fall. But watch this. We'll leave you at the word of your fall. They ain't even verify and they'll start to vilify. I don't want folk. You've been walking with me that long. That you won't even verify first. We, 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 we've been through so much together ups and downs but as soon as you get a word you ain't even witness it somebody say they leave oh that's a sad tragedy and we still crying over folk that left us over a word and didn't witness it Jesus help us today watch this this is why all of us, not just mean men, need covenant relationships with other believers. And notice this, this is why our foundational text says, Jonathan and David, it didn't just say they love one another. It said they made a covenant. And this word covenant in our foundational text, and somebody say they were not married. The Bible says they made a covenant. It's likened to the word vow. It's similar to the vows that one would make on their wedding day. In other words, for y'all that ain't getting it, covenant relationships are godly relationships that are steadfast and endure, despite the condition in our life. Did y'all hear what I just said? Despite the condition, the relationship should continue. Here's what I mean. It's when we say for better or for worse, will the relationship continue? When we say for richer or for poor, will the relationship continue? In sickness and in health, will the relationship continue? Many people will only continue in relationship with us when the condition is all well. But I need folk that's going to stick with me. I, I just got to bring it up because it's, it's, it's practical, y'all. I remember one day, it was just me, Miss Cindy, and Miss Ivera in Bible study. And my heart was broken. Because I'm thinking, oh, Lord, ain't nobody coming to Bible study. But they stayed and they continued with me. And as they continued, they saw more folk joining on board. I need some folk that's going to believe in me so much so that despite my condition, they continue. I want to continue with you until your condition looks different. I need some folk like that that's going to continue with me until the condition is different. That's going to help me cultivate the soil till the condition is different. You need folk like that. Tell your neighbor you need folk like that. 
If you only got folk that's around you when everything well, tell your neighbor that's not that's not of God. I need folk that's going to continue despite the condition. And whenever we see the Lord establishing covenant with his people in scripture, those covenants were always everlasting. Uh, we see this in Genesis 9, 9:16. The Bible says it was an everlasting covenant. We see this in Genesis 17, 17. It says it was an everlasting covenant. We see this in Numbers 25, 13. It says the covenant was everlasting. That means this covenant endures. Therefore, we need relationships that will do likewise. Endure. I'm not going to run when I see you fall. I'm not going to run when I see your flaws. I'm not going to run when I witness your failures. Can you, somebody say endure. The Bible says a just man will fall seven times. Who people will leave you when they notice you falling. You ain't even failed yet, but you in the process of falling. And people will get missing. What a sad tragedy. Somebody say church folk. Therefore, we must question. Um, the question we must ask ourselves is, do we have relationships that can endure, watch this, the conditions of our life? Every condition that can endure our wealth or lack thereof. That can endure our health or lack thereof. Somebody say the condition of my life. And somebody may be saying, why is this critical? Because in this earthly journey, we need some relationships that will say, as a songwriter said concerning Jesus, he looked beyond my faults and saw all of my needs. Ooh. We need brothers that can look beyond our failures and push us, that look beyond our flaws and pray for us, that look beyond our falls and pick us up. In other words, we need relationships that will remain. It's remain in covenant. And this is why covenant is God's desire for relationships. Somebody say for everybody. Jesus understood the significance of earthly relationships. This is why I, I, I preach to y'all so much. Those of you that I talk to one-on-one, -on -one, when you're going through, I just had to talk to one of the daughters this past week. I said, listen, if I don't know what's going on, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to shepherd. I don't know how to guide you. And many of us don't want, feel like we don't want to be a bother to people, so we go through, watch this, in secret. And, and we just say, I got God, and that's good enough, and I'm going to be okay. I, I'm just, I just, it's some stuff me and God got to work out. But Jesus understood the significance of earthly relationships so much, somebody say, he helped his mama. Y'all don't believe me. John 19, 26 through 27, I don't know if I put that up there. Notice what the Bible says. This is when Jesus said, I got to depart, y'all. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die. He said, therefore, he saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by. And he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. In other words, somebody say, we need earthly relationship. You don't love Christ that much where you don't need your brother and sister in Christ. In other words, just as much as we depend on Christ, earthly connections are just as necessary y'all heard what I just said these earthly connections are just as necessary I don't care that you can get a prayer through sometimes you need somebody to pray for you and it's going to be all based on these earthly connections somebody say earthly connections so this is why this means watch this the communion compassion and covenant are God's desires for relationship for everybody 
But even beyond these, I believe God does even more for his people when we have godly relationships. Look at verse number four. The Bible says, Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor and even to his sword and his bow and his belt. That means godly relationships provide covering. When the enemy wants to expose you, that relationship will cover you. When the enemy wants to attack you, I need a relationship that will cover me. When the enemy wants to kill you, I need a relationship that will cover me. Somebody say, I need to be covered. This is why your pastor can't cover you when you're going through. Somebody say, he don't know. This is why you, you crying and you coming in all beat up and, and disgusted and you want the church to pray for you now when we could have covered you from the attacks of the enemy. We did not know. And God says, from that very hour, John took Mary into his home. In other words, I'm going to cover you. I'm going to protect you from the attacks of the enemy. I'm going to protect you when the enemy wants to expose you. I'm going to attack you when the enemy wants to kill you. Tell your neighbor I need to be covered. Listen, if you're in any kind of relationship and folk don't know how to cover you, somebody say run. We got to run. Here's what I want to do. Musicians, I know y'all set up. I appreciate y'all, but I need y'all to come to this altar. Every man in this church come to this altar. I know this for all y'all women. Women, we got to work on this too. But I need to cover our men. We got too many men that all we talk about is sports together. We got too many men who don't know. We always, everything good. We ain't got no struggles. We got men we talk to and nobody don't know anything about my sin. Listen, women, cover these men. Cover these men. And if, if you know a man, begin to put that man on your heart. These men, watch this, are jacking up generations. You're right. And a lot God can protect some generations if the men could get it together. Watch this, the reason why some of us ain't got daddies now is because some men were jacked up. They living and ain't in our lives. Because the men were jacked up. God, cover these men. Extend your arms of faith to these men. God, cover these men. God, I pray, God, that they will be godly men. God, give them godly relationships. God, we need one another, God. God, and and watch this. I'm going to pray, but there are some men that are missing. Y'all notice the men that have been missing, that have been inconsistent. Men, y'all got to get on y'all posts and grab them. Tell them, what are you doing? The enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Father, protect these men. God, I pray, God, for their relationships. I pray no longer, God, for surface relationships. God, I pray, God, that we can be as Jonathan and David, God, that our souls might be knitted. God, I even thank you, God, that even Pastor Cole and I can be an example for these men. God, let us be godly examples for these men, God, that they can know how to be in relationship with one another. God, that they can have men that they can share their heartaches with, their hardships with, God, and their hopes with. God, help them, God, to have relationships with communion, God. And God, I pray, God, for every relationship that is not open, where they can't share a sin, they can't share a struggle. God, I pray, God, that you disconnect these men from those kind of relationships. If they don't benefit them, God, cause them to be cut off. And God, we pray, God, for relationships with compassion, that we don't just share about our sins, but a brother will pray for us. God, that we don't just share our struggles, but God, another brother will walk alongside us in our healing. 
God help us, God, that we can share our successes and our brother won't envy us. Help us, God, to have those kind of relationships with compassion. And I pray, God, for covenant relationships. God, all of these men, including myself, will fall. You said a just man will fall seven times, and some of us are still trying to become just. God, so as we fall, God, give us some relationships that will endure. God, that these men won't be ashamed to share the secrets of their soul. And God, we, when they share, God, we won't, we won't look at them the other way. We won't look at them strange because we know, God, that our own righteousness is as filthy rags. But God will remain with them. And God, I pray, God, for covering. Cover every man on this altar. Cover them, God, for the enemy wants to take them out. Cover them, God. Cover them, God. The enemy of God wants to kill them. So, God, I pray, God, that you cover them. That no weapon formed against them shall prosper. God, that they'll have relationships, God, that will cover them. God, we believe it to be so. Raise up an army in this place of men, God, that have godly relationships. We love you and adore you. And it's in Jesus' name. And every woman that believes the promise over their lives, give God a hand clap of prayer. Hallelujah. You may return to your seats. I'm going to ask Pastor Cole to stay up here. Men, there are some men that are missing. I need y'all to hear me and hear me good. There are some men that are missing that you have relationship with that I don't have. Start calling them. They need to be in church. They need to be under the word. They need to know that another brother cares about them. Somebody say, I need to call them. Come on, men, say, I need to call them. If I got to go do some home visits, I got to do some home visits. We got to drag these men. Because watch this. They think they're just going through and the enemy wants to kill them. Somebody say the enemy wants to kill them. Oh, Lord, help our men today. Let us receive, Pastor. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.